Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never Give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. It don't matter what went down this year. As the year ends, we give thanks to God that he didn't call us out of this body suit and we had not repented we were not found in right standing with him that we came to the Lord to be saved. So I don't care what happened this year. The Lord was good to us. Yes, me personally, this was the best year of my whole life. Did I win the lottery? No. Did did some long lost uncle leave me in his will and I inherited a mansion? No. It, it is the goodness of the Lord that for me showed up in my life. This year alone taught me and showed me that when you stick close to Jesus, when your focus is on him, he will bring you through. You will be amazed that how, you mean to tell me nothing dramatic, nothing traumatic happened this year? When for the past 50 plus years, it seemed like every year something happened. Hmm. It's something to it, beloved. I'm telling you, it's something to it. I am a witness that when our focus is on Jesus and focus on the things of God, peace shows up in your life. Especially if you are walking in the spirit when you are not making provision for the flesh when you on purpose 
Set it in your spirit. I'm not going back to sin. I'm not, I'm not going to spend this year sleeping around. I'm going to put away the drugs. I'm going to cover up this body. And I'm going to stick with the Lord. I'm telling you, peace comes. Chaos goes out the door. So what was so different this year for me? That was in the total complete direction from years past. My focus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit said, your focus. And he's right. My focus. When your focus is on the cares of your life, your spouse, your house, your kids, your money, the, the madness and the craziness that's going on in this godless world, you will lose your focus and your way. But when you on purpose, allow Holy Spirit to consecrate you, teach you, settle you down, it is amazing. It's amazing. That peace comes. Now, were there things that could have garnered my focus and attention and took me from Jesus? Yep. (laughs) Namely, I have a 13-year-old. That speaks for itself. (laughs) Glory be to God. (laughs) Okay? But nothing happened to the point where it shook my faith. It pulled me from Jesus. It made me have a guilty conscience because I'm in willful sin and I know the Father hates that. So, not to say that, you know, I'm just super Christian and I was just a superstar student this year. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying is that I saw a difference and it all began with my focus. Whatever you put your focus on, it will have your complete attention. And so in my little notes here, right? I wrote, Don't be up on a rooftop somewhere looking at stuff you ain't got no business looking at and then you fall into sin. Mm -hmm. How can we ever forget the sin of David with Bathsheba? Mm -hmm. For some of you who may not know, and I don't know how we could have missed this because this was drama. Okay, listen. You ain't got to watch these worldly reality shows with all of the adulteries and the murders and the espionage that goes on. Uh Uh-uh. Pick up the Old Testament. It's rife with drama. And so we know that the Bible says that King David has a heart after God. Oh, yes. Yes. Let me tell you something. 
You want to know what repentance look like? Turn to Psalm 51 because Psalm 51 came about because of this story. So just real quick, right? Bathsheba and David. We see this story over there in 2 Samuel chapter 11, chapter 12, as well as in 1 Kings chapter 1 and 2, chapter 2. So what had happened was Bathsheba was the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. She later became one of King David's wives and the mother of King Solomon. Well, not only that, story goes that Bathsheba, okay, who was the daughter of, now, how can I pronounce this? Eliam, Eliam, E-L-I-A-M, Eliam. And she was probably of noble birth. So she was a beautiful woman. Listen, to capture the eye of a king, you got to be fine. You got to be fine. So, and this is not to say anything bad about women who may not be fine, if you will, but Bathsheba had it going on. So <laughs> what had happened was, well, long story short, okay, she became pregnant after David, King David, saw her bathing on a rooftop and David had to have her. He had her brought to him. Mm -hmm. And so once he found out that she was married, a plan was plotted. So the plot was that David ordered that her husband Uriah be moved to the front line of battle. Because let me tell you something. Uriah loved the king. Yeah. And so when when David. Mm, his tea is scorching. When David found out that Bathsheba's wife was Uriah. So rather than saying, you know what? Mm, man. She's married. I'm going to let her go. Because think about how many wives did David have? And what woman wouldn't want to be a concubine to the king of the king? And so apparently David liked what he saw in Bathsheba. Had her husband moved to the front line. Uh, Uriah was one of King David's warriors. So... As the story goes, David came up with this master plan to have her husband killed. Why? Because Bathsheba turned up pregnant. And so what happened was once Uriah came home, David tried to make him go home and be with his wife. Right? Because now that she's pregnant, something... <laughs> Something got to be done. So 
David was like trying to get him to go home and lay with his wife. After all, you have been gone for so long and Uriah was so faithful to David. He was like, no, I rather sleep outside the window of the king more than rather to go home. Because if he had gone home, they would would have laid together. And then when she turned up pregnant, no one would have been the wiser. So since that wasn't the case, David had to come up with plan B. Okay, because plan A was trying to get the man to go home to his wife and, and get her pregnant. So plan B was to have him murdered. So what happened was she was pregnant, had the baby, but God punished them. Their first child died as punishment. For David's adultery and murder of Uriah. No, God was not pleased. So David, who should have been on the battlefield, took a, a mini vacay up on the rooftop <laughs> and saw this gorgeous woman bathing. And he had to have her. And then when he found out who her husband was, that even didn't stop him. He wanted what he wanted. He temporarily lost focus. Lost focus. Took his eyes off of God. Off of his, his zeal for the love of his law. And sinned. Okay. So now. Baby shows up. Judgment comes down. The baby died. And David repented of his sins. Listen, go and read that story. And Bathsheba, she she later gave birth to Solomon. And when, listen, I'm telling you, it, it's so much intrigue and backstabbing and all kinds of treacherous deeds going on back then, just like today. So... Another backstory to this whole scenario was that when David was dying, Bathsheba successfully conspired with the prophet Nathan to block, what's his son's name? Adonijah, Adonijah's secession to the throne and to win it for Solomon. She occupied this influential position as the queen mother beloved i'm telling you it goes down and so likewise we can't have this kind of drama showing up in our lives listen distraction leads to us losing focus and the focus is what beloved eternity Eternity is waiting for all of us and that if we are not found in right standing with the father upon death or when Jesus returns, we face eternal destruction. Amen. So let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we ask that you help us maintain our focus. 
as born-again children of yours, our focus is on what's on your heart, what's on Christ's heart, the harvest, bringing your lights to you. So, Father, help us maintain our focus. May we, your children, stick close to your word. May we not let the outside distract us to the point where we lose focus. We see in scripture, Psalm nineteen fourteen, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So Father, if if we are not meditating on your word, it is so easy to get distracted. And how many times have you had to pull us away from those distractions? Because as innocent as we may think they are, but it be those little foxes, little foxes that spoil the vine. And 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us to do your best, best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Amen. Isaiah 26.3 You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace for it is trusting in you amen and father i'm a witness that when your mind when our minds are on you we are trusting you for every aspect of our lives we lean on you we're Money is concerned, health is concerned, housing, clothing, food, family, ministry, all of it. Our focus is on hearing from you. What does sayeth the Lord today to me? How can I make a difference in the kingdom? How can I remain in Christ Jesus when I'm abiding somewhere else, keeping bad company. We see First Peter. I'm not going to read all the verses, but if your children would study First Peter 2, verses 1 to 25, because here, if we adhere to just this scripture alone, our focus will always be on you, not on the flesh, not trying to commit sin, nowhere but on you. So put away all malice. That alone will keep many of us occupied and focused. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. 
like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Amen. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. So father, it is so wonderful that we don't even have a moment to waste. If we if we just stay in your word, so much is given for us to do. If we are putting away all deceit, all ma- malice, all slander, that should last us good for a good five years or more. Because although that certain things can get us riled up, but if we remain calm, putting away all hypocrisy, putting away all lying and all sexual immorality, the focus will be on growing spiritually, knowing you more and more. We see over here in Psalm 91, and I love this promise right here. Psalm 91, 14 to 15. Because he has focused his love on me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in his distress. I will deliver him and will honor him. Amen. Father, what a a wonderful precious promise and father I saw this I saw this showing up in my life this year has been awesome awesome because I'm I'm watching I'm I'm witnessing that it's true that when we remain obedient prayers get answered we call out to the Lord he answers We hear Jesus via Holy Spirit and he does protect us and he does deliver us. We call on his name and because we call out to him, he answers and he is with us in all distresses. So, Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you. Thank you for eternal life. So, Father, I ask for wisdom today and discernment. As we come up upon another year, may we continue to remain close to Jesus, enduring 
everything that comes our way, no matter what is happening in the world. Because at the end of the day, Christ Jesus is coming back with his angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. They will be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Amen. So they can in secret and out on front street prepare themselves for their antichrist and their one world system all day. Because at the end of the day, Christ Jesus will crush all kingdoms and he will establish his kingdom and it will last forever and ever and ever with no end. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. And Jesus mighty name I pray glory be to God hallelujah beloved please I'm about to break out in praise and worship over here because it's like once you realize that Christ is for you and in you nothing is true the gates of hell cannot prevail no, no, no matter what happens, how it goes down, Christ will come and deal with the madness. So in the meantime, in between time, we are to be like the five wise virgins being ready. Once we hear that trumpet, we are out of here out of here keep your oil full to the brim you listen you and i better make sure we are filled with god's holy spirit you better make sure because all of this time is being wasted wasted Trust me, Holy Spirit has been dealing with me about not wasting time. Making sure the focus is where it's supposed to be. Moderation. Because at the end of the day, all that, that matters is Christ Jesus. So the world and the false brethren can spin this like a top. The focus is Jesus Christ. And so. Right. Because see, I got some I got some scriptures here. I don't know if I want to go to them just yet, but I just want to just hit home with this point that. We must maintain our momentum as we see the day is growing short because before we know it, Christ Jesus will be on his way back. So we must stay prepared this year. What, what, thank you, Holy Spirit. What I truly love about this past year is all about being ready to meet the king of glory. Because it's like, on one hand, 
We do know Christ is coming back. But then on the other hand, are we preparing ourselves to meet him? Because just believing in Jesus is not going to be enough. Are we obeying Jesus? Hmm? Because many, this must be the whole catchphrase of the year. Many claim the name of Jesus, but still stay in blatant sin. Beloved, many are deceived. And you and I both know this because we deal with them. But in love, we must as firmly as we may want to shake them, but with gentleness and firmness to let them know that sin. If you didn't know, well, the Bible says it's sin. We don't call it sin. But because we are born again and filled with God's spirit, we love his children. We love the brethren. So why wouldn't we say, oh, no, sis, uh-uh, that's sin. My brother, that's not true. The Bible says, thus and so and thus and so. Okay? And yes, there will be some going back and forth because it's true. When you have been indoctrinated with a certain teaching, it's hard to let it go, especially if you believe it is the truth. And so when anyone brings anything to us, go to the Father, ask for wisdom. Search out the scriptures. See if, in fact, this is true. Because my hand is the first to be raised. I've learned so much from the brethren this year. It's amazing. It's amazing. And all of us have to be able to take correction. Some may believe this doctrine. Some may believe that. Some may have certain parts missing out of it. But together as one body, we sharpen irons together. And sometimes we get the, oh, I see it now. Thank you, sis. Thank you for showing me that I was wrong because I thought this way or that way. But now you write. I see it in scripture. I missed it. Thank you my brother. And that's how that goes. But. <laughs> when you get the push back. And the kick back. From the brethren. When you're not even looking to attack anyone. But. Because we love the brother and we have been commanded to do so. So if we see that they are teaching something wrongly and you know the truth, but you say nothing because you don't want to get cursed out or or you don't want to rock the boat or you feel like I've been telling folks this forever. They ain't listening. So I'm not going to say it no more. I'm done. No, don't be done. Don't be done. So back to keeping focus. This coming year, it got to be only about Jesus Christ. That's it. Everything else is secondary because 
when you are in when you are in tune with Holy Spirit, it is amazing what you hear from heaven. I'm telling you, because hearing from heaven gets blocked by ongoing television, movies, music, your life. It chokes out the word of God. So we know that there are men and women standing in the trenches, encouraging us, charging us toward the cross daily. And these are they that we want to stay in fellowship with, whether in person, social media, family, on the job, wherever Jesus dispatches his workers. Them are the ones we want to have in our inner circle. I know as much as I be going off on this podcast, not everyone is a false brethren. Not everyone is a false teacher. And so we we glean from one another. Like I said, iron sharpens iron. Yes. And so when you are focused on God, you will not focus on anything else. Nope. Everything else takes a back seat because at the end of the day, the only person that matters in your life is the one who died and shed the blood. Amen. So it's just, it's just some things that all of us must be focused on like what prayer life, because sometimes Focusing on the Lord is a struggle for some because I know it was a struggle for me. And the reason why it's a struggle is because of the flesh. When you are living and walking in accordance to your flesh, you will struggle staying focused on Jesus. Your your prayer life will be next to nothing because how can you, in all good consciences, come to God in prayer when your hands are not clean? And some people are walking in deception that God is okay with sin just because Christ died for their sins. But they forgot the part about walking in obedience thereafter. After that, we go comma, and sin no more. So prayer life will be a struggle because I don't know what we thought we were thinking as if God wasn't watching all of this and writing it down. So we can, we can yell like a lion and, and not say one thing to God. You can scream and pray boldly, but your prayer still won't touch heaven. Not if you are in sin. No. So we can be off in these prayer closets and just rattling off and, and throwing our fists up at God and declaring and decreeing a thing and rebuking Satan and pleading the blood over everything. 
God is not hearing prayers if you are in sin. No. So we can we can yell like a lion and God won't hear none of that. So we need to always examine ourselves. Because if you are living in willful sin, we are just throwing words around at God. He's not he's not going to answer if if anything you're going to get disciplined. Oh yes. A whooping from the Lord is heading your way. He wants you to remain focused. Focus. Because if he sees you going off to the side of the road, the good shepherd will take his staff and hook you and bring you back in line. Yes, beloved. So we can't be in prayer just rambling on and quoting all of these repetitive incantations to God, believing that your many words is going to move him, but you still have not come out of that homosexual lifestyle. Beloved, the focus is on the wrong thing. It's on the wrong thing. Listen, Matthew 15, 8, okay, for me is the scripture of the year. Because once you get Jesus' perspective about the way we are living, like how we truly are living, it wakes you up. Matthew 15, 8. Listen, Jesus says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Amen. And you know what? That's sad. It's like, it, it, it just does something to me that the Lord, listen, the Lord has feelings. Yes, he does. Because this for for Jesus to have said this is telling. It's telling how what's going on in his heart because he is not going to accept hypocrisy. He don't care how many times you say, Lord, Lord. He would tell many, depart from me, you worker of iniquity and rather just going and get the punishment, that lake of fire, many going to come back with the, well, I've done many things in your name. See? See? They still didn't get it. Right on Judgment Day, they still didn't get it. We, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. All the works that we do in Jesus' name are good works. But if we are not walking in obedience, Jesus wants that more than your works. Yes, because if that, thank you, Holy Spirit, because if that wasn't the case, when the people, the false prophets say, well, in your name, I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your, in your name. I've done many good works. How come Jesus didn't say, oh, right, my bad. 
Come on into the kingdom. That's right. I remember that you cast out a demon. You prophesied in my name and you did many miracles. My bad. I forgot about that. Come on. Come on in. No, that did not sway him. He said, depart from me. I never knew you. No. So all of this stuff that we are doing in Jesus name, but living in sin, you don't know Jesus and he doesn't know you because he is not. I, I, I hate to keep breaking this to you, beloved. Christ will never authorize sin. Once you have been forgiven, we come out of it and stay out of it. Yes. And so. Look, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. See, listen, we cannot be hypocrites because Jesus knows exactly your heart. That same heart, you keep saying that he knows my heart. Well, guess what, beloved? If you are in sin, you are telling on yourself because Jesus tells us in Mark 7, starting at verse 20, what comes out of a person's heart is not good. So if you are in sin, pick one. It's coming out of your heart and you write. Jesus does know your heart because the, the backsliding Christian thinks that by them saying Jesus knows my heart to them, they want Jesus to understand that although they are in sin, but they are trying to stop it. And yet they still in it just by you quoting, but Jesus knows my heart. He knows I'm trying does not excuse your sin because if that's the case, well, then shoot then we can get the party really started because all we got to say is, well, Jesus knows my heart. He knows I'm trying. Nope, that ain't going to fly on judgment day. No, listen, Jeremiah 24, 7, right? I will give them a heart to know me. Ooh, see, if What's coming out of your heart is murder, lasciviousness, uh, hypocrisy, cheating and stealing and killing and being a gossip and being divisive and deceitful. If that's what's coming out of your heart, well, I don't know. You, you may not be born again. Now, I'm not trying to take away anyone's salvation, but it stuff ain't adding up. Because Jesus says that he will give us a heart to know him. For I am the Lord and they will be my people and I will be their God. For they will return to me with their whole heart. Amen. The father is saying that he is going to take out that stony heart, that heart that rejects him, 
that hates him, that walks in disobedience and put in a heart of flesh, a tender heart that is moldable and teachable and loving toward him, a heart that seeks to know him and wants to know him without being forced to, because right, Holy Spirit, living up under the law forces a person to love God, like forces them to do it. Otherwise, you face the curse. So when he does a heart transplant, if you will, now this heart is able to love him with everything that's in the heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. And not only that, but to love the brethren as you love yourselves. Because you see, under this new covenant we have in Christ, it is all about love and grace and peace. Being, being, what's the word? I'm grateful about our salvation, realizing the price that Christ paid for us to be ransomed. Once you put your mind on the facts, you you put your sin on the fact that the Bible says the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. You bring that flesh to the word of God and make it line up. Otherwise, none of us are going to make it. So all of this professing and confessing Jesus name is good, but where are the works of righteousness to back up your faith? We ain't talking about works of the law to to make one justified before the Lord because that's not happening. It's not even possible to do it. No one has done it. The only person that fulfilled the law was Christ Jesus. And so in him, we become the righteousness of God. That's the only way that we can walk in obedience because in Christ, he will send us Holy Spirit. So if your heart is not for Christ, all of this confessing with your mouth, all the stuff that you are honoring him with those lips means absolutely nothing. Your faith is dead. And don't let these, these Torah keepers fool you with the high sounding nonsense that repentance is a work. No, it is not. It is the the vehicle that is necessary to partake of that free gift called salvation. Without repentance, there will be no salvation. How is it that a stone cold sinner who refuses to change his mind when he hears the good news that if they don't repent, they going to they they are going to perish. They will spend all of eternity 
in this lake of fire, but that in Christ, we now have freedom, that we are no longer slaves to sin, that now in Christ, we become slaves to righteousness, that we consider ourselves dead to sin and our relationship to it broken. Now we are alive to God. You do not, you do not want to be snatched out of that bodysuit and you are not in Christ. So we preach them the gospel. There has to be a change of the mind. That's repentance. Repentance is not only just you stop sinning and the fact that you have stopped sinning now that you are born again. Repentance is necessary for salvation. There must be a changing of the mind where you no longer think sin is the big time fun. You now realize God God is not playing with that lake of fire that you will perish. If you continue to stay in your sins, there must be a changing of the mind, a turn in direction that the benefit of that is a changed behavior. Now that we are born again, again, free gift, didn't earn it, can't boast about it. Now, okay, now that we are here in Christ, how do you think he expects for us to live going forward in obedience? The focus for this coming year and thereafter is to walk in obedience to the one who paid for your sin debt my sin debt with his shed blood. He gave up his life for us. And so the mindset is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I, that old man, that old man who didn't have Holy Spirit, who had a heart of stone, he's dead. She's dead. Now that I'm in Christ, this life that I live in this body because Christ now lives in me. Well, guess what? I live it by faith in the son of God who who loved me and gave himself up for me. You better you better know it that I'm living for Christ. And so once we Take the focus off the world and all that's in it and put the focus on Jesus. It's amazing how the lights come on that you can now fully appreciate what he has done for us. He saved us from God's wrath. He saved us from judgment eternal judgment. That's what we've been saved from. That's what Jesus' death on the cross saved us from God's coming wrath. He didn't die so that we can be blessed 
and healthy and wealthy and wise. Not to say that that those things are bad. It's, it's, it's a blessing to have those things. But that's not what he died for. Because there's a lot of false teachings that teaches this prosperity Jesus. That, that this is what he died for you. No, he died so that you are no longer slaves to sin. So that you that you no longer commit willful sin and be back on that broad way to hell. We have been snatched from hell's fire. And that alone makes us appreciative of what Jesus Christ of Nazareth has done for us. Yes, beloved. So this is why our meditation is let the words of my mouth and and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Because Jesus tells us what is eternal life over here in John 17, 3. That we know God, the only true God, and that we know him, Jesus Christ, whom God sent to this world. Yes. And so many of us struggle with so many things and many of us are being weighed down by the trials of life. If you would just focus on the Father, you and I would understand that these things are just so little compared to Him. Mm-hmm. So, why do you think God tells us to be still? When we are not still, beloved, our mind is going to be filled with so much noise from the tests and the trials around us. Listen, sometimes you have to run and be alone with the Lord and be still before him and allow him to calm your fears and your worries. Yes, beloved, look, again, Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Amen. And beloved, I know this world wants to hang mental illness as a reason why the world is in shambles. Beloved, the world calls it mental disorders. You know what the Lord calls that? Sin. It is sin in people that causes them to act out in wicked, negative behaviors. And some of them have demons. That is why as a born again believer... We should not be in depression. For what? Greater is he that is in us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Than he that is in the world. Depression, beloved, comes about is because our focus is on the wrong person. 
It is on us. Our problems, our griefs, our trials, our tribulations, who did what when to us. Our minds is focused on who hurt us, why they did this, is not fair. I wanna I wanna get revenge. It's it's just crazy, and all you think is this all day long. Yes, that is heavy thinking, heavy meditation. It will depress you. That's the work of the flesh. It is borderline on idolatry. You got you, too much of you on your mind. But you don't know what he did to me. I know. You don't understand. She cheated on me with my best friend and had a baby. I know. You don't understand. My mother hated me. She she tried to abort me. And growing up as a kid, she brutalized me. She abused me. I know. You don't understand what my father did to me. He raped me repeatedly. And then I got pregnant and made me have the baby. You don't know what they did to me. I know, beloved, but you got to forgive them. You don't understand. Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. First hand, trust and believe. I understand. But nonetheless, we are born again. We are called to love our enemies. Forgiveness is the bedrock of our faith. Do you not know that if we don't forgive, the Lord says that he will turn us over to the tormentors. So mama and daddy and unk and auntie and friend and foe, forgive them. Forgive them. They are not worth you spending eternity in the lake of fire, having been tormented in hell, burning hell. It ain't worth it. I'm, I'm telling you, let it go. Give it to God. Let it go, beloved. It is weighing you down. It's making you depressed. You, you, you are in the flesh. You got too much of you. On your mind, I get it. Hurt and pain is real. It, you right. You are right. It, it should not have happened to you. It was wrong. But the Lord says that I will avenge. Listen, if these people that have hurt us do not repent, me being angry with them is nothing compared to the judgment of God. Give them to God. Lift them up in prayer. Bless your enemies <clears throat> and keep it pushing, beloved. Don't let another year be wasted because you are still harboring hate and and unforgiveness in your heart. Your focus is on the wrong thing, beloved. Come out of it. 
come out of it in the name of Jesus is not going to do you well. Because see, the flesh loves anger. The mind loves to rehearse what you should have done, what you should have said. If that person comes near me again, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. A whole movie is playing out in your mind about how you are going to get back to them. That that you are going to pay them back for every little thing they've done to you. Beloved, I'm telling you, let it go. Get your focus off of the past, the present, and the future. Because y'all be looking to kill folks. No, put it on Jesus. Put it on him. And that is not a cliche. Put it on him. Because if the focus is not on Jesus and and it is on the world and the flesh, we ain't going to make it. We're not going to make it because hatred is a work of the flesh. Galatians 5 says that among those sins, hatred is right in the middle of it. You keep practicing those things. You and I will not inherit God's kingdom. No, beloved. Mm-mm. Listen. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to try to let you all go. Listen, this world, it is full of distractions. Men distract women. Women distract men. Kids distract themselves with video games and who knows what else all. This world is one great big distraction. And if you continue to indulge in it, Satan will give you what you want. Three temptations that he has. And under those three temptations comes a lot. A lot. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And they have many tentacles. Many, many, many. This world will will offer you whatever nastiness you want. Whatever gluttonous desire you want, the world has it for you. Not only will it give it to you, but that it tells you to take pride in it. Take pride in your college degree. Take pride in your ministry. Take pride in your beautiful spouse and your kids and your house and your mouse. It tells you to show off everything, whether it be self, whether it be education, whether it be your money. You take pride in your accomplishment. All of that comes from the world. And least we forget the world and everything in it will burn up in ferrant heat. It's all passing away, beloved. So we need to come away from this world. Get quiet with Jesus. Learn his voice. Learn to discern the voice of the good shepherd. So when the madness comes your way, especially from these religious leaders who are bent on twisting scriptures, 
you would know that's not what Jesus says. That's not the meaning of that. That's false teachings. That's dogma. That's doctrines that come straight from the devil himself. Beloved, you're not going to recognize the counterfeit if you don't spend any time around the original. Christ Jesus is the original. Because he said that there will be many false Christ and that the love for him will grow cold. Will grow cold. Mm hmm. That's why I love Colossians 3 1. Listen, therefore, if you have been raised with the Messiah, keep focusing. On the things that are above. See, the Lord is not leaving us out to dry. He's telling you what and where to put your focus. If if you don't know where to put your focus on, it is on above. Keep your focus on Jesus where he is seated at the right hand of God. Amen. I want to go to, what is it? Philippians 4. Okay. Hold on. Come on, phone. I want to take us over here to Philippians 4 because this is where the mind should be on. Hold on. Let me go pull it up. Here we go. Philippians 4. Let's, let's take it from verse 4. Rejoice. In the Lord always. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Take pleasure in him. Again I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit. Your graciousness. Unselfishness. Mercy. Tolerance and patience. Be known to all people. The Lord is near. Amen. Verse six, do not, <clears throat> do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace. Listen. The peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Amen. Finally, believers, verse 8, listen. Okay, because this is how you root out depression. Because again, this is a bold statement, but I'm going to make it anyway. No born again child of the most living, um, of the most high God. Living with Holy Spirit in them, spirit filled. Do not live in. In depression, we do not, we do not, 
<clears throat> because we have been commanded where to put the mind on. So if you are depressed about anything, it's because you have chosen not to do the word of God. Because verse 8 of Philippians 4 is about to tell us what we should be thinking about. You cannot be thinking about the ex who left you. You can't be thinking about the child who hates your guts because you keep telling them they must repent. And so they have changed their phone numbers. You can't find them on the face of this flat earth to save your life. You got to stop thinking about that. You got to stop thinking about who harmed you. Before you were old enough to have a voice to say no and punch him in the face. No, beloved. The mind is thinking about stuff that is contrary to this verse we're about to read right here. So, finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, Whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure, wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think, think continually on these things, beloved. The fact that you keep thinking about the hurt and the pain and the deception and, and treachery that took place in your life, you're thinking about the wrong things. Those in the world, this is what they think and meditate on day and night. And this is where we see homicides and suicides because they have <clears throat> they have chosen to not think on what the word of the Lord just told us what to put our minds on. Anything that is lovely. Anything that is wholesome, anything that brings about peace, anything that is of good reputation, anything that is excellent and worthy of praise, anything that is admirable, anything that is right, worthy of respect. Think on those things and all of that can be summed up in one person. Jesus Christ, right, Holy Spirit, I can assure you, if your mind is thinking on Jesus, focusing on him, listening and obeying and studying his word, then what's going to be on your mind is all of that. You want to know why? Because Jesus is all of that. Yes, beloved. So the Bible says, think continually on these things center your mind on them and implant them in your heart 
the the things which you have learned and received and heard. <clears throat> Excuse me, beloved. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Amen. So there's no, listen, again, I'm making a bold statement. Okay. There is no such thing as a depressed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not possible. Not possible. Because the word of the Lord just told us what to put our thinking on. And when this and when it is on these things, the Lord will give you peace. If in your thinking, in your mind, in your head space, if there is no peace, then your focus is on you and not on the Lord. No. Give it. Look. Look. And he even takes it a step further. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Christ loves you, beloved. He died for you. And now that you are in him, do you think that he wants you to be worried and and stressed out about another mere mortal? What they did to you? Listen, all that has happened to you is common to man. You're not the only one that has gone through it. All of us may have different circumstances, but at the end of the day, it was it was a crime against humanity what happened to us. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And you know what? It shouldn't have happened. No, no matter what we may have done, okay, it did not warrant that. I can assure you it didn't warrant that, okay? Even when we lose children, why be angry at God? Of course, no one wants to lose a child. They didn't even have a chance to, some didn't even have a chance to come out the womb. And those who have made it by the miracle of childbirth didn't live past four. So, I know you don't want to hear Hebrews 9.27 right now when you are dealing with that pain. But beloved... It is appointed once for man to die. It's not, it's not guaranteed, nor is it given to us that we are going to live to a ripe old age. So when a little one is taken from the earth, they are in the bosom of the Lord. I know, listen, I've lost babies too. I get it. Grief will steal your joy. And another thing, we must stop setting up these 
shrines to our deceased loved ones. Let them go. Let them go. Grief is a thief. And some, sad to say, can't seem to recover from the death of a loved one. If they are babies, young children, if you remain faithful to Jesus until the end, enduring, you will see them again. You will see them again. And if they were adults, let's just pray that they died in the Lord and you will see them again. But beloved, death is not in our hands, nor is given of life. We are, we are vessels to bring forth that life, but it is God. He is the giver of life, and he is the one that sets the number of days all of us are allotted to. There's a lot of things we don't understand about God. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But what we do do is trust him in the pain, in the grief, in the loss. We trust him nevertheless. Nevertheless, beloved, because as long as we keep living, our faith will be tested. It's going to be tested, beloved. And with each trial, we remain focused on Jesus Christ with a laser focus. Not all of this half-heartedness. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because the moment a pain hits that body, the moment that someone loses someone that they deeply love, oh, your faith is going to be tested, beloved. Your focus will determine Who's really sitting on the throne of your heart? Yes, it will. Oh, oh, yes, it will, beloved. Listen, at the end of the day, going forward, if we are granted many more days, we make the most of those days of the opportunity that we are living by God's good grace. Therefore, we remain in Jesus, remain in his word, stay close to the Father, love him with everything within you. Do not grieve Holy Spirit. Stay out of sin. Keep your focus on things above and not on this world. Come out of these false churches. Learn the voice of Jesus Christ. Study his word so that when when false doctrine comes down the pike, you would know to run, expose it and get away from it and sound the alarm. Sound the alarm whether or not people want to wake up or not. Their blood will not be on your hands. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for this word this day. 
Thank you for your mercy. Your mercies are renewed every morning. Can't say it enough how grateful we are for our salvation. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for snatching this wretched soul from certain damnation. We ask for boldness, strength, and tenacity. And more of your grace, more of your love, more, more faith to endure whatever may come in 2023. No matter who comes and who goes, our minds will forever stay on things above rather than letting garbage just settle in our minds and we just feast and feast on the garbage, rehearsing murders in our minds, going over past hurts. Father, if these people do not repent, our anger at them is nothing compared to the wrath of God. You right. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Have mercy on them, Father. We forgive them. We let them go. In the name of Jesus, we let these people go. And we pray that they come to repentance. In Jesus' name, bless you, Father. Thank you for everything. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. All right, beloved. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad company will always corrupt your good morals. Arise to righteousness. Come to your senses as you ought to and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.